بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله يأمركم أن تؤدوا الأمانات إلى أهلها وإذا حكمتم بين الناس أن تحكموا بالعدل صدق الله العظيم So we're reading the حقوق الإسلام by Hakimul Ummat Maulana Ashraf Ali Thanwi And I wanted to uh, mention something very important about all the people that are connected in this silsila, all the people that are connected with ourselves in this tariqah, is that Maulana Thanwi he made an announcement and a statement. He said that I'm not really concerned in our tariqah and amongst our uh, we are very type of khushk. We are khushk Sufis. On the request of somebody who was requesting bayat, he said, I'm sorry, but we're very khushk Sufis. We don't have very uh, elaborate gatherings and we don't have, you know, all these various types of, um, you know, milad and, you know, these types of things. So he said that, um, I just want you to know that my main focus, I don't, try to emphasize too much dhikr on my students. I don't try to uh, emphasize, you know, this muraqaba or that latifa or this and, you know, like various tariqas, they have these specific things. He said, but my main concern is that a person should not be in any way deficient in his hukukul ibad. That in no way should any harm be caused to you to another human being. This is my main concern, and this is what our tariqah is about. Our tariqah is not about that, you know, you make a lot of zikr and you become qutbul alam or something like that. My concern is not making people into qutubs or making people into abdals. My main concern, Hakimul Ummat says, and those people that are connected with the silsila, is that you should not cause any harm to anybody. You should not be a means of somebody's harm. You should not be a means of somebody's suffering. And if you are going to be involved, in the hurting of somebody else in any way, or the usurping of somebody's wealth, or not paying somebody back. He said, if a person, he's weak in his amal, or that person doesn't pray tahajjud, I can live with that. That doesn't bother me so much. That's between him and his Lord, and he can figure that out on his own. If he wants to do, he can do. But my main concern, which gives me a lot of taklif, is that a person should be causing hurt to anybody. And this is, this is I... I um, I have a nisbat with Hakimul Ummat Rahmatullah also very close nisbat. My mizaj is if I see any of my students that they're not making enough zikr or they're not making enough tahajjud or they're not you know fulfilling extra nawafil or they're not reading extra Quran it doesn't bother me. But when I hear shikayat when I hear that this person has hurt their mother this person is hurting their wife this hurting, person is hurting their husband this person is hurting their family. This person owes this person money. This person is cheating. This person is doing fraud. I just don't even want to see that person's face. So I want you to know that when you're connected with me, or you're connected with this silsila, we don't really, we're not really concerned with how much nafal and tahajjud you pray. We don't really care about that. We don't want to hear of you harming and hurting other human beings in any way. So if this is something that really... It, I've been going through a situation right now because of a, there, there's a marriage situation, a marriage case. 
that wallahi there's some problems between husband and wife that marriage case that I'm dealing with and every time I think about it there's like a, a vein in my temple and it just it, it can't stop throbbing that's how much it stressed me out that's how much I'm getting stressed out about this matter because it's a student that is not fulfilling for example the right of the wife or it's a wife that's not fulfilling the right of the husband this type of thing I can't tolerate that Literally, my, 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 there's, a, there's, a, there's a vein right here in my temple and it's like constantly throbbing like a migraine. That's how much stress that put me in. If, so I, if I hear how somebody didn't pray their tahajjud or somebody doesn't come around or somebody is not you know, reading Quran or somebody is... That's between you and Allah. You figure it out. right? You, sometimes you have time. Sometimes you don't have time. But this is something... I can't tolerate this. And not only am I a person that cannot tolerate this... This is something which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also has become very angry about. It's hukuk al-ibad. It's the rights of others. This is something that please, I humbly request those people that are in any way connected to us, that come to us. This is something that whatever you do, try that your harm should not be reaching anyone. Either your parents, either your mother or father, either your brothers or sisters, just don't do zulm. Whatever you do, in this world, don't commit zulm on anybody. Sometimes, even your, your da'wah, sometimes your encouragement of others can become zulm. Be very careful. You have to be very, very careful. Sometimes you don't know how to tell somebody something. Hey, what's the matter with you? How come you don't pray? Well, what is this? Like, you're, 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 you're like, you're talking to a person like, you know, you wouldn't even talk to a person on the street like that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, just sometimes the way we say something, there's a very great sheikh in Riven by the name of Maulana Ihsan, Damat Barakatuhum. And he translated the Hayatul Sahaba. The entire Hayatul Sahaba he translated into Urdu. So somebody said, he said, Sheikh, you've translated and you've written so many books. MashaAllah, you've done so much work. He says, you know what? I'm not so concerned with the work that I'm doing and the amount that I'm benefiting people. They said, Shaykh, why not? He said, no, 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 I'm not so worried about, the, the, about me benefiting people. He said, but that's good for you when you're benefiting people. He says, I'm not so concerned with benefiting people as much as I am concerned with harming people. One person, 100,000 people get guided for my book. Go inside, go inside. 100,000 people they get hidayat through my kitab, through my book. That doesn't concern me so much that one person should get misguided through my book. One person should become hurt through me. One person should become to get caused taklif through me. Should be disturbed through me. Should be annoyed because of me. These type of things such as parking. Right? These type of things that just taking somebody's chapal taking somebody's sandals to go make wudu with them. These type of things is haram. You might not think it's such a big deal. This is haram. That somebody put, put his uh, sandals there and now you're taking those sandals and you're going and making wudu with it. Now the guy comes back and his sandals are wet. Because some, some idiot just took his sandals without permission. That's stealing. These things, we don't take it into consideration. We need to take these things into consideration. 
Maulana Tanvi was so concerned about hukuq al-ibad and not causing hurt to the people. Near the end of his life, he had dysentery. There's a sickness called dysentery. It's non-stop diarrhea and blood comes from your diarrhea. That's how Maulana Tanvi passed away. Dysentery is like non-stop diarrhea and then eventually you die from that. Blood starts coming out. So in the middle of the night, he had to go to the bathroom. And the bathroom was inside the house. It's like in the, in the, in the backyard. So you got to go and then there's this, there's this stall outside. And then you go inside that stall. And then they, 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 a separate place where there's a, you know, a handle. In the olden days, they had the handle for the water. So they pump the water. They put it, they take it in the lota, in the, in the, in the jug. And then they go to the bathroom, which is inside the stall. So what happened to him is he went to the bathroom inside the stall. He took the where the where they put the jugs. They put it on the on the there's a shelf. They put the jugs there. So what happened is Maatami he went to the bathroom, and when you get dysentery, you get extremely dehydrated, and you get very weak. So what happened to him is he fainted. When he came out of the bathroom, he fell right in the middle of the courtyard, and he fainted right on the spot. Because he was so weak. Later he realized, an hour later he wakes up and he realizes that he had fainted in the middle, in the darkness of the night. Then he quickly got up and he went to bed. When he went to bed, he realized that he left the jug, right, not in the original place and it was dark. So now the next person who's going to have to go to the bathroom, he's not going to find the jug there. And then they're going to get worried and then they're going to start looking and then they're going to get parishan. They're going to get annoyed. They're going to get disturbed. So Maulana Tanri, when he went, he was back in bed and he doesn't have, he's, he's dying. He's in his last sickness. This was when he's above age 80. He's like 86 years old at this time. So what does he do? He gets back out of bed, crawls out of bed, pushes himself, goes and gets the lota from, the, from where he left it in the stall and then he puts it back on the shelf and then he drags his, he drags his body with great difficulty back to sleep. Soon in the morning, they found out about this. So they said, Hazrat, why did you do that? You shouldn't have done that. He said, no. He said, I would not have been able to sleep comfortably knowing that somebody else is going to wake up and they will not find the jug there at, uh, in, in the shelf. And that's going to cause them disturbance and it's going to hurt their heart. Where is this? It's going to make them parishan. It's going to make them perplexed and worried. I cannot tolerate the worry of another Muslim. What are we? How do we do it? We just... Just take whatever thing, people's things, throw it one place. Take somebody's chapal, throw it to another side. Complete benazmi, badnazmi. Total disorganization. Complete disorganization. Take one thing here, take a person's toothbrush, put it there. Right? You use uh, uh, the, the nail clippers. Where's the nail clippers? Now somebody's looking for them and complete like disorganization. Totally messed up. What, what is this? This is like a, like a joke, like a mockery. These type of things, when it becomes the habit of people... When it becomes the habit of people, this makes people the worst people. Then it starts, it starts seeping into your character. This inconsideration, this insensitivity, this disrespect and not considering other human beings. Where it starts from the smaller things. Then it starts creeping into a person's akhlaq and it starts creeping into a person's character. Then you don't give a damn about anybody but your own self. That's the end result of this. You just don't care about anybody. You don't care about your parents. You don't care about your mother and father. You, you, you just cared about yourself. That's it. This is not deen. This is not deen. This is not the way of Rasulullah. This is not the way of the Sahaba. Anhum. 
So don't cause people tashwish. You understand? Your nafal and your dhikr and your tahajjud and all that, that's, that's for you to realize. But the tashwish and the hurt that you cause the people, this is something that you should be very, very careful about. Be very, very careful about. Even if you have to be paranoid about it. The Ahlullah, they would be paranoid, scared to death about this, that we should not cause anybody hurt in any way, that that person is going to take a haq of me or ask of me on the Day of Judgment. Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu, what he used to say, he says that if there is a sheep anywhere in the Islamic hukumat, that the foot goes inside of a hole and it gets stuck, I'm afraid that Allah will ask Umar about that. If a sheep somewhere out in the, in the, in the boonies somewhere, in the, in the, in the uh, desert, if its, if, if its foot gets caught inside a hole and it gets stuck inside there, I'm afraid that Allah will ask, that, uh, ask me about that also. So he said, Yo, oh, Umar, how can they ask you about it? That's not your responsibility. He said, all this land is my responsibility because I'm the Khalifa. I'm the Khalifa. This whole land is my responsibility. So this is why we're studying this book. Hukuk al-Islam, the rights that other people have upon you. That you ask, what is the other people's rights upon me and am I fulfilling that? And when you're not fulfilling that, that is where, that is where harm comes in your life. That is where musibat comes in your life. That is where depression comes in your life. That is where sadness is coming in your life. That is where that, that lack of sukun is coming in your life. Because somewhere or the other, you are doing zun. When you are doing inconsideration and you're inconsiderate, you're doing zun. When you're not considering the right of somebody else, you're doing zun. When you're hurting the heart of somebody, you're doing zun. And the Prophet ﷺ, he said, he said, Allah, He punishes zulm in this life before the hereafter. There's two things. There's two things that Allah punishes in this world before the next life. Number one is oppression, zulm. No matter how small it might be. فَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةٍ شَرًّا يَرَهُ فَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةٍ شَرًّا يَرَهُ Anyone who does an Adam's weight of evil to others, he will see it. You cause tashwish to somebody? All various different types of tashwish we call, cause people. Hazrat Tami used to say like, people come up to me. Kya, what do you want me to do with your hands? Assalamu alaikum. Oh yeah, Assalamu alaikum. So what do you want? You know better what I want. How am I supposed to know better what you want? What are you here for? He said, you know for something. For what? He said, you know uh, taweez. This is not a time of giving taweez. It's not taweez time. This is not the time you're supposed to come for that. So he's like, random, you, you, you have to be very sensitive about certain things. When you know that if you're going to get a job somewhere, there are certain rules and regulations. When you're going to be you know, uh, getting work or uh, applying for school or admission, there are specific steps that you have to take. It's very sensitive. It's very delicate. It's very you know, precise and accurate. But then when it comes to how we deal with other people, we're just random, with however, however we want. However we deal with people, we just deal with them. And we don't care. And we become inconsiderate. So this inconsideration... Over many, many years, it starts building up and then you start becoming what? You start becoming right, a very lousy person. Lousy in your character. You become bi'ihsas type person. So this is not the way the deen is supposed to be. This is not the way 
that the people, uh, uh, how we're supposed to be in a tariqah. Know the rights of other people, fulfill those rights. And if you don't know what are the rights of somebody, ask them. If you don't know what are the rights of somebody, then ask that person, whatever, how can I be of service to you? I don't want to bother you. Tell me what is your appropriate time. Tell me how can I serve you. Tell me how can I not become a disturbance to you. This is how you should, you should be with others. But the Muslim community, they're the worst in this matter. It's just a very simple thing like parking, double parking. Is double parking not such a tashwish type of thing? Now you go, you're double parking, and then a per other person goes to take his car out and your car is parked in front of them. That is, that is a totally beautiful example of causing tashwish to others, causing hurt and pain to others, where you're just concerned about that I should get to the, uh, the thing, I should get to the gathering myself, and I'm, I don't care if I block somebody else or block somebody else's house. That's fine. Cause taklif to yourself, but don't be a cause of taklif to others. Always remember that. Be a disturbance to yourself. That's fine. That's tolerable. But never ever be a cause of disturbance to somebody else. So we're reading this. And we've reached <coughs> The rights of the general Muslims. The rights of the general Muslims. Other than your own relatives, Muslims that are not your relatives, just the general Muslims, strangers, they are also they also deserve rights over you. Ispahani on the authority of Ali radiallahu anhu mentions that these are the following hukuk, these are the rights that other Muslims have upon you. Try to fulfill them because if you don't, you are hurting others. Number one, Number one, that uh, forgive the mistakes of a Muslim brother or sister. Number two, that if a person cries, have mercy on the tears of somebody. Number three, the person, you should cover that person's faults. That if a person has a fault, you shouldn't expose him to the world. Other than that, cover that person's fault. Number four, if a person has an excuse, accept the excuse of that person. Number five, that whatever suffering that person is going through, try to remove that suffering. Number six, Always wish goodwill to other Muslims and never have evil will in your heart for them. Number seven, You should preserve that person and show love to that person. Number eight, That you should take into consideration the person being protected or preserved. That that person is Ahlul-Dhimma. That person is uh, being protected, who is he under? Right, take into consideration who he is being cared for by. If a person is sick, then you should visit that sick person. Number 10, If a person dies, then you should attend their janazah. 
Number 11, uski dawat kabul kare. Should accept the invitation of a person as long as it's in accordance with the sharia. Number 12, uska hadiyah kabul kare. You should accept the gift of that person. Number 13, uske ihsan ki mukafat kare. That if a person has done kindness to you, you should try and pay back that person's kindness in one way or the other. Number 14, uski ni'mat ka shukriya ada kare. That you should thank that person for any good that they have done to you. Number 15, mauqa par uski nusrat kare. That at the time when they need your help, you should be helping them. Number 16, uski ahlu ayal ki hifazat kare. You should also be concerned to protect the family of that person. Number 17, uski hajat rawai kare. You should try to be there and fulfill their needs if they have any needs to be fulfilled. Number 18, uski darkhast ko sunay. If they have any request, listen to that person's request. Number 19, uski sifarish kabul kare. That if a person, he intercedes, you should accept the intercession of that person. Uski murad se na umid na kare. Don't make that person hopeless of attaining their objective or attaining their goals. Number 21. That if the person says, sneezes and says, Alhamdulillah, then you should say, Yarhamukallah in reply. That if a person has lost something, you should take their lost item back to them. Number 23, uske salam ka jawab de. That you should give the reply to their salam. Number 24, narmi wa khushkhuluki ke saath usse guftugu kare. You should talk to people with softness and with good character. Number 25, uske saath ihsan kare. You should try to do good to people as much as possible. Number 26, agar wo uske bharosa par qasam ka bete, to usko pura kar de. If if he make a qasam on anything, then you should try to fulfill that promise of theirs, right? To fulfill that qasam of theirs. So somebody made a qasam, for example, that by Allah, I want, I'm, I want, I'm going to do this. So if you can be of a means to make them fulfill that oath that they took, you should try and help them fulfill that. Number 27, Agar uspar koi zulm karta ho, uski madad kare, agar uspar koi zulm karta hai, to rok de. So if a person is doing oppression, or oppression is being done on a person, then if a person, oppression is being done on them, you should help them. And if they are doing oppression on someone, you should stop them from doing that oppression. Number 28, uske saath muhabbat kare, dushmani na kare. You shouldn't have enmity for that person and have love for a person. Number 29, usko ruswa na kare. You shouldn't disgrace anyone. Number 30, jo baat apne liye pasand kare, uske liye bhi pasand kare. What you wish for yourself and love for yourself, you should love for your brother also. Or dusi ahadis mein ye hukuk zyada hai. And in other ahadith, these rights have also been mentioned. Ke mulaqat ke waqt, 
اس کو سلام کرے اور مسافحہ بھی کرے تو اور بہتر ہے اگر باہم اتفاق کچھ رنج ہو جائے تین روز سے زیادہ ترک کلام نہ کرے If that with your Muslim brother, you get into an argument and you are uh, separate for more than three, for, you, for three days and you stop talking to each other, that's fine. Shariat gives you the right to stop talking to a person if you are hurt and if you get in an argument up to three days. But for more than three days, you should never cut off from somebody. Thirty-three. na kare. Never have an evil suspicion about that person. Number thirty-four. na kare. Should not be jealous or have hatred for that person. Number thirty-five. You should try to enjoin good and forbid evil, for to the best of your ability. Number thirty-six. Choto par rahem or baronki to taukir kare. You should respect the youngsters. And mercy on the youngsters and respect the elders. You should have mercy on the youngsters and respect for the elders. Number 38. Do musulmano mein niza ho jai, to un mein baham salah karade. If two Muslims are fighting with each other, then you should try to come and reconciliate between them. Number 38. Uski ghivat na kare. You should not backbite them. Number 39. Usko kisi taraka zaran na ponchai. Na mal me, na abru me. You should not harm them in any way, either in their wealth nor in their honor. Number 40. Agar sawari par sawar na ho. Agar sawari par sawar na ho sake. Ya us par asbab na laad sake. To usko sahara lagade. That if a person is not able to climb on their animal or mount their animal. This was in the olden days when people used to ride camels and horses and these type of things. So if they can't ride on their animal or they can't put their their uh, goods on the animal, then you should help them and give them support to get on their animal. Meaning the smallest things, even these small things of courtesy, you should help another Muslim brother. Number four, when usko uthakar uski jagah na na bete that you should not make that person get up from his place and then sit in his place. If a person's sitting in a specific place, right, don't make that person get up for you and then you go and sit in the place that he was sitting. Number 42. That two, a third person is in the room or a third person is amongst you and two people are like talking to each other like silently like this. اور یاد رکھنا چاہیے جن لوگوں کے حقوق اوپر مذکور ہو چکے ہیں وہ حقوق خاص ہیں اور ان اور ان حقوق عام میں وہ بھی شریک ہے سو حضرت مینشنز دیٹ آل دا پریویس ونس دیٹ وی مینشن دیٹ آر اسپیسیفک دیز آر جنرل حقوق فار ایوری ون دیٹ دوز پیپل دیٹ آر اسپیسیفک آر آلسو انکلوڈیڈ ان دیز جنرل رولس Meaning your mother and your father will also be included in this. Your brothers and sisters will also be included in this. And your cousins and relatives will also be included in this. And your in-laws will also be included in this. So the ones that we met, read, talked about previously, who are specific, they will be included in these general rights as well. So these were the rights of general Muslims. 
The next is hamsaya ki hukuk. The rights of neighbor. Or jin mein ilawa uske aur bhi koi sifat ho, uske hukuk aur zahir ho jate hai. Masalan hamsaya, uske hukuk ye hai. He said, from amongst the people that we've talked about, we talked about relatives, then we talked about general Muslims, now we're talking about somebody who has a little bit more specific and particular rights, and they are the, the, the neighbors. The neighbors have a right that are a little bit more specific than everybody else's. Number one, uske saath ehsan aur muraat se pesh aaye. You should meet them with a lot of due respect and a lot of consideration. Number two, uske ahlu ayal ki hivzu abru kare. You should hide the, or you should uh, protect the honor and the dignity of the family. How, what does that mean? Is sometimes in the backyard. You might see, you know, the children or, you know, you might see them fighting or arguing and you might hear, you know, yelling and screaming coming inside the house. That is something which is a private thing of the matter. You should protect as much as you can. Or, for example, you know that the husband is out for work and the wife and kids are home alone. You should be aware to watch out for them that, you know, that the husband is not there. You should be there that you're protecting them and taking care of them. Number three, Once in a while, send gifts to your neighbor if it's possible. Especially if they are poor people, then once in a while you should definitely send some food from time to time. Number four, Uski Rafa Taklif ke waste, Shariat ne uskilie, hakeshufa sabat kiahe. Unamane kahahe. So it's saying here that you should not cause Taklif, and neither should you on small, small matters, right, have argumentation. Oh, why did you park your car over here? Oh, you know, your, your kid uh, threw something on my, in, my, uh, in my backyard. And, oh, you know, you're always, uh, uh, you, you, you have the people that are coming late to the house and you slam the door really hard. And then, uh, you know, these type of things just over, you know, random, random things. Uski rafa taklif ke waste shariat ne uske shufa sabit kiya hai. There's something called right of preemption. The right of preemption, shariat has made that binding and made that and given that haq to the neighbor. So for example, if I want to sell my house, this is what preemption is. The right of preemption. It's called shufa. That I want to sell my house. So when I sell my house, my neighbor has the right to buy my house first. Has a right to buy the house first and this is the right of shufa. Why? It's so that anybody and any buyer doesn't come which might become a cause of disturbance for the neighbor. So Shariat has given the right of shufa, sharan, right of preemption. That when you're selling your house, you have to let your neighbor know about it, because now a buyer is going to come inside the house and live. That's going to be right a pain in the pain in the uh, a neck for that person. So therefore, Shariat says that he has a haq to buy that house, or he can find a buyer that will. Okay, I want this person to come and buy the house. This is the this is called haq shufa, the right of preemption. This has been mentioned by the Prophet ﷺ and is mentioned detailed in the books of fiqh. So Hazrat Tamir Amdlaleh is not trying to explain a masala of fiqh. 
He's explaining why the Hakka Shufa and why the right of preemption has been given to the neighbor is because to remove any harm or any disturbance that might be caused. Ulama ne kaha hai ke jese hazar mein hamsaya hota hai is tarah safar mein yani rafiq safar jo ghar se saath hua ho ya raah mein ittifaqan uski maiyat ho gayi ho so hazrat mentions that the ulama say that there's one who is a neighbor that you are in in your home that you are living side to side with or in front with but there's another neighbor that is your traveling companion. You live the house and you're traveling with them. Or they're your roommate. They, stay, they sleep next to you in your dorm. Or for example, you're going on a flight and the person is sitting next to you. This person also gets the right of neighborship. And they deserve that you should be considerate, be respectful, and don't cause disturbance. Hadith me eko jar Jare Muqam or Dusiko Jare Badia. One in Hadith it mentions one is the neighbor of the, the neighbor that's staying in one place. And then there's a neighbor Yatahawal. It goes from place to place. Uska Hakbi Misil And the one who is traveling with you, he also has a right like the right of a neighbor who is sitting with you in, in near your home. Uske hukuk ka khulasa ye hai ki uski rahat ko apni rahat par muqaddam rakhe. So what is the right of a person you're traveling with is that you should be more concerned that that person should be in ease and comfort than yourself. When you're traveling with others, the right of your traveling companion is is that you should make sure that that person is more comfortable than you are. That's what you should know. That's the right of your traveling companion. بعض لوگ سفر ریل میں مسافروں کے ساتھ بہت کشمش کش کرتے ہیں یہ بہت بری بات ہے he said there are some people that when they're traveling in the uh, train station then they tug and push and, 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 and uh, you know uh, try to you know uh, rip their way uh, you know into the lines because it gets really um, it gets a little bit uh, crowded in the uh, trains so what they do in the, in the rail stations and in the trains and these they kind of like push their way and they're shoving people and if you, if you go for hajj and you'll experience that. There are some people, they walk like this when they're making tawaf. And they're just beating people side to side and making their way like that. This is completely inconsiderate. Yatimo za'ifo ke hukuk. The rights of orphans and the rights of weak people. Isitara jo dusro ko dust as far as those people that are weak such as the orphan and the widow and the weak person and the paralyzed person and the invalid and the miskeen the, uh, the, the, the person who is a destitute and sick people and excused people or people that don't have home and they're traveling or a beggar these people have extra hukuk number one in logon ki mali khidmat karna to the best of your ability you should make 
mali khidmat of this person. Number two, in logo ka kaam apni hath paon se karna. You should make these people's khidmat with your own efforts. Right? Help them with your because they don't have they might not have arms and legs to do something. So you use your own arms and legs for them. Number three, in logo ki diljoi karna. You should always encourage them and you should always console them. You should always encourage them and you should always console them that they don't become broken hearted. Number four. Unki Never ever reject their request. Never reject their uh, uh, their their call when they call upon you. So somebody might say, "Well, I don't have money to give to a beggar." So I said, "You don't have money, but you have dua, don't you?" May Allah make it easy for you. I'm sorry. When the Prophet Sallallahu would not have any money to give to somebody, skip, get, get out of here. Didn't you? I tell you one time. I don't got money? Get out of here. Don't say like that. Say, Barakallahu feekum. Allah ta'ala, Allah yarhamukum. Allah yurthikum al-afiyah. You know, and I've seen this. MashaAllah, some Arabs, I've seen them when the beggars, they come. There were some students of knowledge that I saw, they were Arabs. So we would have beggars, they would come and line up. So he says, Allah yarhamukum Allah. Allah yurthikum al-afiyah. Barakallahu feekum. And he just like, all he would just say is dua. Allah have mercy on you. You know, Allah, Allah give you barakah. Allah, Allah give you. Allah help you. Allah, your inukum. Allah, your inukum. Allah help you. Allah assist you. You know, you wouldn't say, get out of here and, and get out before I call the cops or something like that. You know, they wouldn't say like that. We'll pray for you. If it's a non-Muslim, tell them, we'll pray for you. God bless you. You know, I'm sorry, I don't got anything. God bless. You know, and when you say God bless you, have the intention of God bless you with Islam. So that's how you unki hajat wa sawal ko rad na karna. Never just like reject them. <clears throat> and imagine yourself that what if you ever become a person who is a beggar? How would you want people to re- tell you away? Huh? Would you want them to tell you get out of here before we call the cops? SubhanAllah. The next one are the rights of the guest. The rights of the guest. Isi mehman ke uski ye hai. These are the rights of the guest. Ahmad ke waqt bashashat zahir karna. Jate waqt kam az kam darwaza tak mushayaat karna. Number one, that at the time when they come, you should be very, very happy. Show happiness on your face. Like, what can be better than saying ahlan wa sahlan? You know what the meaning of ahlan wa sahlan is? Ahlan. Atayta ahlan wa watayta sahlan. You've come to your family and you've come on soft ground. Ahlan. Arab say ahlan. Ahlan means you've come to your family. This is your family. Wasahlan, yani you're walking on soft ground. You're not walking on hard ground. Ahlan wasahlan. Ahlan wasahlan. So we're reading from Hukuk al Islam of Hakim al Ummah Tanwi, which is all about the various Hukuk al Ibad. So he says, Isi tara mehman ki uski ye hukuk hai. That these are the rights of the mehman. Number one, Ahmad ke waqt bashashat zahir karna. That at the time when a mehman comes, you should, ex- ex- you should, you should uh, expose your happiness and your, and, your, and your joy. Right? And I was saying that, you know, what's more beautiful than what the Arabs say when you're showing bashashat, ahlan wa sahlan. You've come to your family, you've, you've tread on soft ground. 
جاتے وقت کم از کم دروازہ تک مشایعت کرنا that at the time of leaving you should at least take them and walk them to the door not you're like sitting on your couch alright bro see you peace out you know he's just, he's just sitting there just lock the door while you're at it you know he's just sitting مشایعت کرنا یعنی that you, you follow that person up to the door number three or number two اس کی معمولات و ضروریات کا انتظام کے جس سے اس کو راحت پہنچے that whatever whatever needs or whatever necessities that person has then you should try to make intizam of that you should try to organize that in a way where that will be comfortable for that person that is why notice that when Maulana Tanri this is very important that when your guest is coming don't cook that guy fire biryani so that he starts becoming a fire breathing dragon you understand what I'm talking about ask the person do you have any do you have any? Uh, 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 do you have anything parhez? And that's the first thing that they would ask in Khanqa when there would be a guest that comes. Then they would tell the cook, like you want to honor your guest, but you're cooking in fire biryani. So for you, you're from Karachi, fire biryani. You love that, right? You love blowing fire out of your your, your nose and, and mouth. That's wonderful. But this person, right? He doesn't. He's an Arab. These Arabs, you know, they say Aud billahi min shaitan Pakistan. These are their dua that they make after every salat. They say, Billahi min filfil Pakistan. I, I, I seek refuge in the, in the, in the mirchis of Pakistan. So these were some of the Arabs that were studying in Newtown. Uh, one of the, our teachers told us that this was one of the duas of the Arabs when they were studying in Newtown because they're studying in Karachi. They came from like, you know, Arab countries and now they have this like Pakistani food is just like fire. There was one, uh, there was one Jamaat uh, or one, one of the students in Binuria where I studied. Uh, there's a lot of foreign students. So these, the, these uh, students were from Thailand. And these specific Thailandese, they said, we don't, we don't eat hot food. He said that no, they were telling me like, North Thailand, they eat really hot food. And South Thailand, we don't eat hot food, something like that. So he said, one time I went Sheikh in Punjab. And he's telling me, he went in Jamaat, poor guy. <laughs> So this is what we're talking about. Like when you invite a guest, you should make riayat. Like where is this person from? Can he even eat this type of food or what? So he says that you know, wa akal tu had al taam wa kana shafati min hararat al taam tatharak hakada. He was the way he was explaining it was so funny. He said the food was so hot. He said that when I started eating the food, he said my lips literally they were like they were shaking. There was like a vein inside of it. It's just like shaking nonstop because the so, food was so hot. And he's I was asking for ice. <laughs> so he says, Uski mamulat zaruriyat ka intizam ke jisse usko rahat ponche. Right? Like, what is a person's ease? What is a person's comfort? That, okay, what type of food do you eat? Are you diabetic? Now you're making, you know, uh, chocolate cake and baklava and, you know, this. and You're making him eat. The, the guy, poor guy eat and this guy has, has diabetes. He's going to die. Or, you know, some of the Mehman Nawazi they do in Afghanistan, Allah khair, you know? They either eat the food or you're going to eat the bullets. Which one you want to eat? So this is, this, is, this is culture. This is more making yourself happy. It's not making the guest happy. The whole purpose of inv- invitation is you're making the guest happy. And this is another thing about khidmah. Khidmat also, Hakim al said, it's rahat rasani. That you should cause, right? Uh, uh, you should not cause taklif to a person. 
Chidmat means like you want to do chidmat of your teacher, you want to make chidmat of your ustad, you want to make chidmat of your parents. So you should not do it in a way that that person's getting hurt. Now, for example, all we know is chidmat is massage. Now a person, bichara, you're massaging him, you're breaking his bones and you're, you know, crushing his like, uh, you know, liver. <laughs> like all these different types of like karate moves you're putting on him. You know, all these like pressure spots. So that's not rahat rasani. You're putting pain, they're putting that person through pain. So the actual meaning of khidmat is rahat rasani. Number three, tawazo takrim wa mudarat ke saath pesh ana, balki apni haat se uski khidmat karna. That when you should be very humble and very honorable and have mudarat, yani try to make that person happy. Whatever that person, when a person is a guest, right, you should, you should make mudarat, like go, go with the flow with that person. Right? Go with the flow with that person. Right? Balke apni haat se uski khidmat karna. That we should make the khidmat of that person with your own hand. If it means that you put, you know, rice for, with, for that person with, their, with your own hand, then do it with your hand. Make khidmat with your own hand. Number four. Kam as kam ek roz uski liye khane mein kisi qadar mutawasit daraja ka takalluf karna magar itna hi ke jis mein apne ko so number four is come as come ek rose uskilye khaneme kisi kadar mutawasit darajaka takaluf karna magar itna hi ke jispme Yes. So he said, at least one day, you should uh, do a little bit, right? Give him a, a really good dawat. Go out of your way to go out of your way in honoring the person. Magar itna hi ke jisme apne ko taraddud ho, na usko hijab ho. So it means that, uh, what does that mean? he doesn't feel that you're hurt, you're, you're going out of your way? So much that you're putting the, I got the, it. the host to the game. So you're doing it in such a way that you feel, you feel, you don't feel that taraddud that I have not done enough? And he's not feeling that, okay, this person's gone out of his way. So, yeah, so to, to the level that you, you, on one day you should make a little bit of takalluf, yani honor him in such a way that he doesn't think that you're completely going out of your way and you also don't consider yourself that I haven't done enough for this person. So, yani tawassut, that's ajib. Or come as come teen rostak uski mehmandari karna. And if it's a guest from far away, at least three days you should be prepared to look after that person. Itna to uska zaruri haq hai. This much is at least that person's haq and right. Uske baad jis qadar wo tere mezban ki taraf se ehsan hai. And anything more if he stays, then that is a kindness and extra that is done on the, on the side of the host. Magar khud mehman ko munasib hai ke usko tang na kare. And this should be understood by the guest that he should not cause extra burden upon his host. Na zyada thair kar Na beja farmaish, na beja farmaish karke, right? 
Neither should he try to stay extra time and now should you make extra, extra farmaish that, you know, but you did not take me to, you know, the uh, Empire State Building, right? So brother, that's on the other side of America, but that's America, right? I've seen that in the pictures of America. Take me to the Empire State Building. You know what I mean? And neither, if you're going to stay so long, you should tell them that don't sit here and don't do this and don't go here and why are you going and I'm here, your guest, and you're not here for me. Brothers, three days is over. Everything else is discount. Bonus. Right? These are the rights of friends and the rights of your acquaintances. Tafadda, tafadda. Uh, regarding the, the host, uh, Dr. Sabir Rahmatullahi, he mentioned that Muhammad Khan Rahmatullahi said one other very important haq of the, of the guest is that as soon as he comes, generally what we do is when the guest comes, right away we put him on the dasakhan. And right away we put him ready to eat. Now he's going to feel shy if he wants to do something else. So he said, and Dr. Sabir was very particular, any guest that would come in the khanpa, the first thing you would do show them where the restroom is because when a person comes from Safar when he comes from a journey the first thing he needs to do is relieve himself and now you bring, bring him straight on the Dastakhan and he's the chief guest and he's going to say I have to go to the back he'll feel shy so that taklif you're causing him so he said anyone that would go in the Khanqa in Jalalabad so Masih al would tell him that there is a bathroom first go get fired and then Subhanallah Ajib this is all like you know adab and akhlaq and So we'll just end with, we'll, we'll just read one more and then. Yeah, no, today, inshallah, we're going to be done with the rights of human beings. Then Hakim Ulumat is going to start with the rights of animals. <laughs> we're almost done with the book, subhanAllah. It's very... This is um, a, a majmu'ah. It's called Hukuq al-Ibad. But it has four books in it. Um, it has... Um, Hukuq al-Islam, Risalatu Izalat al-Rain and Hukuq al-Walidain, Irshad al-Ha'im fi Hukuq al-Baha'im, Yeah, like three, four books. Dosto ki Hukuq. Isi tarah jis se khususiyat ke saath dosti ho, قرآن مجید میں اس کو اقارب و محارم کے ساتھ ذکر فرمایا اس کے یہ آداب و حقوق ہیں وَصَاحِبِ بِالْجَمْبِ That's the دوست وَصَاحِبِ بِالْجَمْبِ وَبْنِ السَّبِيلِ Allah Ta'ala has mentioned وَصَاحِبِ بِالْجَمْبِ Your companion that's always at your side So Allah Ta'ala in the Quran has mentioned from, along with the relatives has mentioned صَاحِبِ بِالْجَمْبِ yeah, Your companion صَاحِبِ بِالْجَمْبِ means your companion So number one جس سے دوستی کرنا ہو اس سے اول اس کے عقائد و اعمال و معاملات و اخلاق خوب دیکھ بھال کرے اگر سب امور میں اس کو مستقیم و صالح پائے اس سے دوستی کرے ورنہ دور رہے سبحان اللہ He's a first and foremost before you become a person's friend you should you should scrutinize that person's his, his iman like there's a person who, who always contacts me. He said, Sheikh, you know, I have a Shia friend. He's saying like this. And I have a Shia friend. He's saying like, I said, why should you have a Shia friend in the first place? My Shia friend is always talking bad about Abu Bakr and Aisha and Omar. 
It's like saying my friend is cussing out my mom every day. Should I? Why are you his friend? My friend is always talking bad about my mom and my uncle and my father. What type of friend is that? Why you make a person like that your friend? So first is to see what the person's aqaid is. Wa'amal. And what are the person's actions? Our akabir told us that if a person does not pray his five daily prayers, don't befriend that person. If a person doesn't pray his five daily prayers, don't befriend that person. Don't befriend them. Because eventually you are going to become like them. Dawat is a different issue. This is the job of ulama. This is the job of mashayikh. Mawlana Rumi says, Man bahar shawam. wa badhalan shawam. This is different. That's, that's Mawlana Rumi. That's Arif Billah. Man bahar Rumi says, I will go in every jamaat and I will go in every jamiat and I will cry and, and, and I'll talk about Allah. Jufti khushhalan wa badhalan shawam. I am the friend of the good people and I am the friend of the bad people. That is Arif Billah. He is friend with the wicked and he's friend with the pious. Because he is a person who is now ghalib on his nafs. He is, he is in the state of irshad now. But when you are taking a friend, you have to be careful. You can't be the jufti khushhalan or badhalan. You're going to become badhal if you become the juft of badhal. Right? So, see the amal of that person. And you should be watching that person. How are their muamalat? This person is treating his wife badly. This person is treating his parents badly. This person is not, you know, working uh, correctly. This person is like involved in messed up dealings. That person is going to pull you also in that type of conduct and in that type of character. So be very, very careful. If you find him good in all of these things, what is it? Aqaid, amal, muamalat, akhlaq. Aqaid in his beliefs, amal in his actions, right? Mu'amalat in his dealings, and akhlaq in his character. So he says, Shaykh, I can't find a person like that. Then you should befriend the ulama and the mashayikh. Befriend those people, make them your friend. Make them your suhbat. Make your shaykh sahib bil jamb. Find a person that you have complete hope that this person, to the best of, even, even, you know, everybody's weak, but at least to the best of their ability, somebody is better than others. To stay away from evil company, it's been emphasized greatly. And through observation, we have seen that there is great harm when you accompany bad people. That if you find somebody that is exactly how your mentality is, and you know, which is proper in his suluk um, and proper in his um, in his conduct then there's nothing wrong with becoming and befriending a person like that he said there's nothing better in this life than having a pious and a righteous friend number two with your friend your true friend who is for the sake of Allah and who is a pious person that with yourself and with your wealth you should never hold back anything. You should never hold back from your wealth or from yourself. Number 3.: That if that person does anything which you do not like, or it's, it's, it's opposite to your temperament or disposition, then 
You should just overlook that matter. If that person does something that you don't like, or they do something which is opposite to your character or disposition, then overlook that matter. Agar ittifaqan. Agar ittifaqan. Agar ittifaqan ranj ho jaye, fauran safai kar le. If you happen to cause hurt to each other or say and exchange uh, words that might hurt each other, immediately, as soon as you can and as soon as you're over it, you should ask forgiveness and, and let bygones be bygones, as they say. Usko tul nade. Don't let it prolong for a very long time where you guys are cut off, not talking to each other for a long period of time. Don't let that happen. Quickly try to make uh, sulah safai. Doston ki shikayat, hikayat kabhi lutf se khali nahi. Magar usko lekar na jaye. He says that when you are sitting and, and talking with your friends and sometimes uh, letting out what's in your heart, right? What does this mean? Yeah, exactly what you're saying. So shikayat and hikayat, like you know, like talking amongst each other yeah, and like telling word, about like trying to yeah. um meaning there is some benefit in it. But don't just don't just live on that. Right, got it. So again, doston ki shikayat hikayat kabi lutse khali nahi, magar uske lekar yeah. So when you when you sit and sometimes you're talking with your friends and letting out what's in your heart and you know, oh man, you know, I really had a bad day at work, man. My job is really terrible, man. I'm really having a hard time at this place. And but just don't always sit there and complain and talk about things like negative things that are always happening. It might, you know, every time I'm sitting with this person, all he does is complain, right? So when you when you're with your friends, don't just be a thing where you're, you're a friend with a person, all you do is just let out all your negativity on that person. Sometimes that can become stressful. Number four, uski khair kisi tarah na kare. You should never be deficient in wishing well for your friend and your brother. Always be well-wisher. Nek mashwara se kabhi na kare. And giving that person good counsel, you should never hold back from giving the person good counsel. Uske mashwara ko nek niyati se sune. And when that person is giving you mashwara, then listen to it with good intentions. Don't be like, who are you to tell me what to do? Don't be like that. If a person's counseling you, listen to it with a good intention that this person wishes well for me. So if he's guy, be like, don't tell me what to do. Don't advise me. Don't patronize me. Don't, don't, you don't need to say that. This, he, he loves you. He, he wants better for you. Or agar qabil amal ho, kabul kare. Listen to the person. If it's worthy of, of, of acting upon, then act upon it. اور یاد رکھنا چاہیے کہ ہندوستان میں جس طرح متبنی مو بولا بیٹا بنانے کی رسم ہے کہ اس کو بالکل تمام احکام میں مثل اولاد کے سمجھتے ہیں شریعت میں اس کی کوئی اصل نہیں اثر تبنیت کا دوستی کا اثر سے زائد نہیں I see. So he's saying that, look, we have a, and this is in Afghanistan also, uh, people adopt children. People adopt sons. 
and they call it masanan farzandi ne farzandi me gelan yak bachara mu bola beta right they say that this is my son they adopt but remember that in sharia there is no such thing that that person becomes your actual son that person becomes your actual daughter actually that person will not get more rights than your, your what you're giving hukuk to your friends here all the things which mentions about your acquaintances and your friends that what you do to these people that you have khair for them you wish well for them like allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the quran walakin ikhwanukum fid din wa mawalikum right ma kana muhammadun aba ahadin min rijalikum walakin rasulullah there's a verse in the quran where allah ta'ala says what allah ta'ala says about those people that you say that they're your sons they're not really your sons but what are they ikhwanukum wa mawalikum fid ikhwanukum ikhwanukum wa mawalikum fid din ikhwanukum fid din wa mawalikum walakin ikhwanukum fid din wa mawalikum allah ta'ala says that they're your brothers in deen and they're your freed slaves they're not your they're not your actual sons there it is. Udu'uhum li'aba'im wa aqsatu indallah. Call them by their fathers. This is more fair in the book of Allah. If you don't know who their fathers are, then they're your brothers in deen and they're your freed slaves. Your brothers in deen. So treat them as a brother in deen, take care of them, look after them. There's nothing wrong with that. But you can't say that this is my son. They have to know who their biological father is. This is a haq that they have. And there's great benefit in that. People have seen that those people were adopted and then later on they found out it broke their heart. It was very devastating to them. It was very psych- psychologically traumatizing to them. So it's better for them to know from beginning stage. Because it has been given to him with his responsibility, that's why we can enter into his relationship. Because you've made that person, you have a intentionally you've made that person special to yourself so he has the right of belovedhood he has a right, a right of friendship and he has a right of caretaking but nothing more than that as far as inheritance is concerned the adopted child will not get anything because miras is a matter which is not within the control it is already set it is predetermined miras Inheritance is determined matter. It's not something that you have a control that you can change it around, right? Ikhtiari nahi. It's not with it's not in your choice. And whatever whoever he w- wished to give uh, inheritance to, he gave inheritance. And whoever he wanted, he deprived them of that inheritance. This is in Afghanistan also. From this we understand that in India and in Afghanistan and in Pakistan they have a rasam. They have a custom. Right? If you don't do this, I make you aq, meaning I deprive you of being in the inheritance. Yeah, you are you are cut off. You are not my son. You are not my daughter. And they write aqnama. They write aqnama. Like talaq nama, nikah nama, they have an aqnama. Yani kisi aulad ki nisbat ke marte hai. Right? That they say regarding the nisbat of any son that you are dead to me. You are not my son, you are not my aulad, you are dead, and I am dead to you. Usko miras nadi jai. Sharan mahaz batil hai. 
This, according to Sharia, is completely unacceptable. No matter how bad that child becomes, as long as he's still Muslim, right? Because if he becomes kafir, then there's no miras. As long as he's still Muslim, no matter how bad that child becomes, he will still receive miras from and inheritance from the, the parents. Malum hua ke miras istirari amar hai ikhtiari nahi. Ghair musulmano ki hukuk. The rights of non-Muslims. The rights of non-Muslims. Jis tarah musharakat, qarabat ya islam se bohut se hukuk sabit hote hai. Baaz hukuk mahaz musharakat nau'i ki wajah se sabit ho jate hai. Yani sirf admi honi ki wajah se unki riayat wajib hoti hai. Go musulman na ho, wo ye hai. So there are certain things that are shared because they are your relative or they are Muslims. So because we have musharakat with that person because of rel- we're related to them or we have musharakat of that person because we are in Islam, we have a certain musharakat which is musharakat nau'i. We are the same nau'i bani insan. So even though you don't share right, Islam with another individual, you don't share relationship of blood with another individual, but you share the nau'iyat. Musharakati nau'i. What is that? It's talking, this is all mantiqi. We are nau'i bani insan. Right? Banu Adam. So because of that, right, we share that, and because of that musharakat we have each other, that we're, we're all human beings in this world. They have a haq upon us that they are also a human being. Yani, Sirf admi honi ki wajah se unki riayat wajib hoti hai. That because of them just being a human being, they have a right upon you. Number one, Beguna kisi ko jani ya mali taklif na de. That if a person has not done you any wrong, if a person hasn't done you any wrong, you cannot cause any harm to their wealth or their self. You cannot cause any harm to their wealth or to their self. Number two, Bewaja shari, bewaja shari, kisi ke saath badzabani na kare. Without any shari reason, don't verbally harm any, any non-Muslim. Don't verbally harm any non-Muslim without any shari reason. Number three, agar kisi ko musibat faqa maraz mein deke uski madad kare. Khana, khana, pani, khana, pani de, khana, pani de de, ilaj mu'alaja kar de. So he says that if a person is sick, if a person is in a musibat, if a person is destitute, then you should try to support that person by giving them food, by giving them water, by helping them with medicine. It doesn't matter if they are not a Muslim, they're still a human being. Number four, Jis surat mein shariat ne saza ki ijazat di hai, us mein bhi zulmu ziyadati na kare. That if you are a Muslim ruler, then you are giving out penalization, shari penalty upon a person. For example, there's a non-Muslim and he lives in a Muslim land and he broke the law, that you should penalize that person, even in your penalization and punishment of that person, you should not go overboard. And this is what's happening in a lot of these countries where there will be some like random American guy like in the middle of nowhere and then just do extra double, triple like punishment on that guy because the guy is like a not-Muslim. Or he's stuck in Iran somewhere, you know, and then they'll do extra punishment on that guy just because the person's not a Muslim. Or they'll torture the person, or they'll put that person through a lot of suffering. This is not correct. This is not Islamic, right? If a person, he does something wrong, 
in a Muslim hukuma, then he should be penalized, but you should not go and take it to the level of zulm on that person and torture that person. Usko, usko tarsawe nahi. You should not, um, tarsana means scaring a person, right? Usko tarsawe nahi. You shouldn't like frighten the person. Tarsana in Farsi means to frighten. Janwaroki Hukuk, the rights of animals. Esitara Musharakat Jinsi Sebi, Jinki Riyad Lazim He, Wo Yehe, Musharakat Nawai, Insan Kesat, Musharakat Jinsi, Haiwan Kesat, Mantiki, right? Then there's, there's, there's a, one we have uh, with, uh, with our own species, right? We have a Musharakat, we have a, we share commonality with our species, and then we share commonality with other creatures. We are also a creature. Our species is humankind. But creatures, all creatures, we're all living beings. Right? So this is musharakate jinsi. In our jins, we're also animals. We're creatures. We're created by God. And as far as animals are concerned, in this we share a commonality with them, that they're also created beings and we're also created beings. So because they're also created beings, they have haq upon us that we should fulfill their haq. And what is that? Number one, جِس جانور سے کوئی موتد بِهِ غَرَزْ متعلق نہ ہو اس کو قید نہ کرے Subhanallah. That if you are using an animal and you have some use for it, then you can cage it. But if you don't have any use for a specific animal, like a chicken that you get eggs from, or a cow that you get milk from, or some other animal that you get some benefit from, if there is no benefit that's coming to you, مُعْتَدْ بِهِ then you shouldn't be caging that animal up. Bil khusus, bachonko ashiana se nikal lana or unki ma baap ko parishan karna badi berahmi hai. So, for example, especially taking uh, 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 baby birds out of their nest, ashiana means the nest, taking these birds out of the nest and causing taklif to the mothers, to the, to the mothers of those animals, this is not permissible at all. And this is uh, this is uh, unmerciful. Number two, Jo Janwar Kabile Intifa Nehi, Unko bi mehaz mashgale ki torpar katal nakare. That animal that doesn't have any benefit in it, you should not shoot it or kill it for the sake of fun. Don't kill an animal that doesn't have any benefit. For example, if you're gonna hunt, hunting is permissible in Islam. But hunting should be done for the skin, for the meat, for the animal to eat that. Not just for fun. You shoot it and you leave it for dead. That the people that are hunters, they're very much involved in this. That they shoot animals, right? Like a lion. Why don't you go lion hunting? I mean, if it's for example that you want to limit their number, there's too many of them, and the government has made an announcement that you have to limit their number, go and hunt as many lions as you can. Then it's field day, that's fine, it's wonderful. But like, you're just hunting animals and killing them for no reason? There's no benefit in that for you? Number three, جو جانور اپنے کام میں ہیں ان کے خورد و نوش راحت رسانی و خدمت کا پوری طور سے احتمام کریں. 
that animal which you are using for your work, donkey, horse, camel, whatever, is for doing it for your transportation, for your, then you should be in complete khidmat of feeding and giving water to that animal. You should be in the service of that animal, to the complete. Unki qut se zyada unse kam nale. Unki quwat se zyada unse kam nale. Don't take work from them more than their ability. Unku had se zyada namare. Don't beat them and with with uh, 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 an over overdo and excessively beat them. Number four, jin janwaron ko zabah karna ho ya bawaja muzi hone ke qatl karna ho to tez tez auzar se jaldi kam tamam kar de. So he said that any animal that you want to make zaba of or any animal that's harmful and you want to kill it, then do it immediately. Use such a, 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 an instrument which will quickly put them out of their misery and don't uh, 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 hurt them in any way where you're making them suffer. Do it quickly. Do it with such an instrument that will make them die quickly. Don't cause them and torture them. Like, you know, sometimes like raccoons, they might cause harm or, you know, um, some other types of uh, a bobcat or something comes in the backyard and said, okay, I'm going to catch it and I'm going to hang it by the leg and I'm going to play piñata with the thing, you know? Where I'm going to put a you know, rope on the tail and I'm just going to, you know, throw it around and, you know, we're going to play like football with this cat. Nothing like that. So just put it out of its misery quickly. Don't, don't take enjoyment out of make, torturing that animal. Number four. Jin janwaron ko zabah karna ho ya bawajay muzi hone ke qatl karna ho to tez auzar se jaldi kaam tamam kar de usko tarpaye nahi don't make him suffer bhooka pyasa rakh kar jaan na le and don't um don't uh, uh, kill that animal through starvation don't kill the animal through starvation bas may allah taala give us tawfiq